My name is Dr. Jeffrey Burke. I'm a naturopath and a master herbalist and the host of the Staying Healthy radio show. My show airs Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. I bring you the best guests in the industry and the topics that are relevant for today's health. The shows stream live at 8 a.m. And for those of you that cannot listen live, my shows are now podcast daily for on-demand downloads at my webpage, drjeffreyburke.com. The show is sponsored by Stay Healthy Health Food Store, Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer, now in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're located at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Smith Shopping Center. Go in and see what a local retailer can do for you. Great selection, the most knowledgeable staff, the highest quality products, and amazing prices. The hours of the store are Monday through Friday 9 to 7, Saturdays 9 to 6, and closed on Sunday. I'm looking forward to talking with all of you soon. Stay healthy. Hello and welcome back to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your day to stop by, tune in, and hopefully walk away with information vital to your good health. Learning as much as we can about our health and well-being, learning what's available uh, and what's new, maybe what's changed, maybe that's something that'll work even better for us, is something we need to stay on top of. The problem is, you know, things are changing very quickly. So some of the things that we may have been doing for the last decade or longer may still be good but there may be much better ways of doing the things that we're doing today. And that's why, you know, updating your nutritional supplementation, having a place to, to go and ask questions, having that comfort zone of being able to work with people that have the knowledge, that's what I, I send you to Stay Healthy Health Food Store for because of all of that. Obviously here, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 in the morning, I talk to the best guest in the natural products industry, the best of the best. Because it's all about information and education, and we talk about the relevant topics every day here on the show. And then I send you to Stay Healthy Health Food Store. I was just there yesterday. The store looks incredible. They've done such a great job, and every single day they're there to work with you to make your nutritional journey more successful and to take out the misinformation that's everywhere today and answer questions and have those dialogues. That's what it's all about. You know, every time I go there, people are coming in. They come in because they go there because they know. They're not only going to be able to choose the best products, but they're going to be able to have those conversations which are priceless today in the middle of a self-service world. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, your one-stop full-service location that you can go to and utilize every single day because of all the wonderful things they do. You have passionate, educated, knowledgeable people that are on top of the game, and they're relevant for today's world. Stay Healthy Health Food Store is Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer in the fourth decade here in the Valley. You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. Monday through Saturday are the hours, 9 to 6. They're closed on Sunday. For mail order services or maybe just to get your order together for you so you can swoop in and pick it up on those busy days, call them at 877-2494-877-2494. And don't forget about their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com, a great reference uh, for all kinds of good information. You can also print a coupon there to use on your next visit. You can also enter your email address to stay connected with the Stay Healthy store, which is pretty cool. Uh, you'll also get a newsletter every month just for signing up with that. It's just another way to get extra information and stay connected with your folks that stay healthy. 
And don't forget all the radio show podcasts are there on demand to allow you to listen to them when it's convenient for you. Well, today we're going to be talking about vitamin B12. This is something that a lot of people ask about all the time, but I, I think we're going to get some really good clarity today today about B12. Nobody better than I can think about to go through this with than my friend Neil Levin. Neil is the nutrition education manager and product formulator for the natural product manufacturer, Now Foods, board-certified clinical nutritionist, who has a diplomat in advanced nutritional laboratory assessment. He's a professional member of the International and American Associations of Clinical Nutritionists, serves on the Scientific Council of the Clinical Nutrition Certification Board. Neil is a director, program chair, and past president of the American Nutrition Association and serves on the Public Relations Committee of the American Herbal Products Association. His comments and articles are published in magazines and newspapers. He contributes to scientific journals and has been featured in countless radio interviews and television news reports. His posts and his articles, you can find them on his blog at honestnutrition.com. Also at nowfoods.com. He tweets as Neil E. Levin. And on Facebook, got to follow him. Good information at Honest Nutrition. Help me welcome my guest. Hey, Neil. Hello, it's nice to be with you again. Thank yes, you. Yes, you as well, and I'm going to be able to see you soon if everything keeps going in the right direction. That's the plan next month. Whew, it's just it's been such a long time. I got to tell you, this uh, it seems like forever ago. It's going to be like coming home and uh, seeing family again uh, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, well, I saw you very briefly in December. Yeah, that was a quickie. That was yeah. like a, hey, how you doing? Goodbye. Good luck <laughs> in your lecture. <laughs> yep. But, you know, it's okay, though. You know, um, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're moving forward. We're trying to stay on top of our game. And, you know, honestly, um, it'll be just really good to get some kind of normalcy back again. Well, hopefully it'll be semi-normal. But, you know, things are opening up. We'll see. Let me ask you a question. Um why is it so common that when you, you mention to somebody, do they take a B-complex, they always say, I take vitamin B12? I think sometimes, you know, you have to tell them there's more than one B and a B-complex is all of them and that kind of stuff. So it, it's just interesting how many people think that a B12 is a B-complex. Well, I mean, certainly in some B12 formulas, we or other companies will add the other B vitamins or some of the other B vitamins uh, I mean, there's a role for B12, for example, in homocysteine reduction, which is a normal thing that B12 does in the body uh, in conjunction with folic acid and vitamin B6 to reduce this metabolite that homocysteine is actually inflammatory. It uh, uh, tends to degrade collagen in the body, and collagen is our, our joints, our organs, our blood vessels, our skin, our hair, it's not just one thing. Uh, it's all the connective tissue. It's, it's, it's actually more protein in the body in connective tissue than in muscle. So if you're thinking of the volume of, volume of your muscles and how much even more protein is in the body in the form of the, the, this collagen that connects these other tissues, then you see how important uh, homocysteine becomes. It's a very corrosive type chemical to the body, and it's normally kept under control by having adequate levels of the three B vitamins. So seeing the methyl donor ones, they're sometimes called, or methylation enhancers, things like that, um, 
for those three, but they're part of the eight B vitamins that are in the complex formulas. They're part of the eight B vitamins that are typically in multivitamins as well. So it's not like uh, it's unknown. If you take a multivitamin, you're almost certainly taking vitamin B12. The question is how much are you taking, and there are some issues with how much can get absorbed orally as well. Okay. You know, it, it's it, it's something that's been around for a long time. You know, I guess people all, that they'll come into a health food store and and um and ask for B12. And I think everybody's kind of looking at it for one direction, which is energy. And I think they think that that's the only main function of B12 and uh when you ask someone about energy, it's amazing how many of them say, "Well, I do take B12." I mean, it's not new. I mean, people are, you know, and have been asking for it for the longest time. Yeah, and B12 is actually uh, something that, you know, it is important and it does give you energy. But what people don't realize is there are actually two forms of vitamin B12 in the body, not one. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times they're supplementing with one and they don't necessarily know if the form they're taking is going to be the one that helps with energy or the one that helps with reducing toxins, including homocysteine and helps with some, some brain and nerve stability. So there, there are actually two separate B12s in the body. There are two different enzymatic systems they interface with. There's two, two different roles for what they do in the body. And people who are jumping on the bandwagon and said, I need the methyl form, maybe they do. But maybe that's not the only form they need. I I actually take three forms. Of really, B12 really. Because I'm taking a precursor of the two active forms in the body, as well as the two active forms in the body, and I'm covering all of my pathways. If you take one of the forms, you could take the non-methylated active form, which actually represents two thirds of the B12 in the body, is the non-methylated form. And that has a different role in the body than the methylated form, which is about one-third of the B12 circulating in our bodies. And like I said, they activate different enzyme systems. They have different roles in the body. If you take one, you're skipping the other one. Well, let me ask you a question. Is there a way to find out exactly which one you need, or do you just have to kind of... Um go through the process of just, um, you know, asking yourself a lot of questions about your daily lifestyle? Well, one of them is, are you taking B12 for energy? Right. If you are, the methyl form is not the right form for you to take. Mm -hmm. Because that's not the one that activates your energy stores, your mitochondria. So let me break this down a little more. Um, There's two forms in the body. One is called adenosyl cobalamin. Cobalamin is the generic name for B12. So there's something attached to the word cobalamin to distinguish which form. So methylcobalamin is a methylated form of cobalamin of B12. And it's the it's a preferential form for nerve stability, the, the myelin sheath on the nerves, and, and also detoxifying homocysteine. And the adenosyl Cobalamin, which is also known as dibenkazide, is often sold as a sports product, by the way, as dibenkazide, is preferentially taken up by the mitochondria, the part of the cell that produces energy. 
And that's, like I said, it's the preferential form for energy. It's about two-thirds of the body forms, of the body stores are in this non-methylated active form. So if you take the common cyanocobalamin, which is not the adenosylcobalamin, it's not the methylcobalamin, it's readily absorbed. It's the precursor of both forms. And we actually have formulas that contain all three of these forms. So you get the precursor as well as both active forms, and you're getting pretty much everything you need. Hmm. That just makes more sense. Well, of course. I mean, that's why I take that one. Uh, I'm knowledgeable, and I take the one I think is the best. Uh, now, one thing about anything that's a vitamin is the word vitamin means it's essential for life. It cannot be synthesized in our body. There's essential amino acids that you have to get from the diet. There's essential amino acids. There's non-essential amino acids that you can actually synthesize in your body. There's essential fatty acids that you can uh, only get from the diet. And there's like omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, like fish oil, for example. And there's non-essential fatty acids that you can synthesize in your body. For example, oleic acid, which you would typically get in olive oil. Uh, is synthesized from stearic acid, which is one of the predominant fatty acids, the saturated fats, in the body, uh, in the diet as, as well. So when we're eating these stearates in meat or cocoa or, or different things, uh, it's in every fat, literally. The body is preferentially converting that to oleic acid. It, it, it has a way of making these non-essential fatty acids from other substances or other forms. And same with some amino acids. Vitamins cannot be made from other things. You cannot synthesize them in your body. Uh, and the forms in foods have to be digested and manipulated to turn into active forms. So food forms are not necessarily ideal either. They're also precursors of what the body needs. You have to synthesize the active form from the food form. Uh, in the case of B12, you have to extract it from food. And that means you have to have good stomach acid. No stomach acid, no B12 absorption. Well, up to a point. There's two, actually two forms of B12 absorption. One is the active transport, and one is the passive transport, which is diffusion, simple diffusion. Active transport is done with intrinsic factor, which is produced in the stomach. And the amount that's absorbed is only about two to three micrograms through active transport, no more than three micrograms. The daily value is now 2.4 micrograms of B12 because that's the estimate of how much you absorb actively. But we actually absorb more B12 than that because there's the passive or uh, diffusion form of absorption, which absorbs about 1% of the B12 you take orally. So let's, let's translate that into actual supplements. You buy a supplement that's got, say, 2.4 micrograms of B12 in it. It's 100% daily value. And that's going to pretty much absorb 100% if you have good stomach acid, good digestion. Uh, if you don't, you're going to absorb about 1% of that. It's going to be a horribly low dose. If, mm. if, you, you, know, if you don't digest well, if you don't have intrinsic factor, you don't have stomach acid. 
Now, the stomach acid is originally needed to pull it out of the food. If you take a supplement, it's already liberated from food. That's one reason why people take dietary supplements to supplement the diet because it ensures they can get these forms that are both stable and bioavailable and will convert into the active forms, just like the forms in foods. The forms in supplements are often precursors of the active forms. And then you will, either way, if you can't pull it out of the food because you don't have good stomach acid, antacids, metformin, certain drugs will interfere with B12 absorption, remember. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to make sure you're getting it one way or another, and that's why there's these huge doses on B12 in supplements. Uh, If you're taking uh, 1,000 micrograms of B12, that's uh, 400 times the daily value or something like that. You know, it's it's a huge amount, but you're only absorbing 1% of it. So you're only absorbing about 10 micrograms of the 1,000 that you're taking. And you might add two or three micrograms more if you have good active transport in the, in the body. So that's why you get these huge doses, because you're only absorbing about 1% of it. Now, let me ask you a question. Are there groups of us that are more in need of B12 than others? Well, actually, yes. Uh, the obvious group are vegetarians and vegans because B12 is made by bacteria, but it's typically made in the guts of animals. So if you have good probiotics, you could theoretically make a little bit in your body if you have the right one. You know, no, nobody knows what the right ones are. Uh, if you're eating meat or milk or you know, like that, you will get B12 because that's in those materials that you're eating, the foods that you're eating. Hmm. But if you're eating a plant-based diet, you're, there's really not very many good sources of B12 in those diets. And, uh, in fact, it's been speculated that in India, a lot of the vegans have survived for centuries because of the contamination of their food with insects and insect parts that contain B12. That it's not... You know, otherwise they might have anemia or, or deficiency. Uh, there's also a process of, uh, uh, you know, the way they process foods might, might preserve B12 a little more. But if they're using milk or cer- certain things like that, they're not vegan, that they should be able to get some B12 from the milk as well. But uh, we, we find a lot of the elderly are B12 deficient. Reminder mandatory evacuation for east side of Big Pine due to wildfire. Evac center is Bishop Senior Center. It's important too because we also find uh, uh, very recently there's speculation, if, if you're familiar with the term long COVID, which are people who've had the COVID uh, infection and they're not getting well real fast. Uh, Some doctors have published some stuff in the last couple weeks saying that the symptoms of long COVID and mental confusion and things like that are the same symptoms as B12 deficiency, and there's some laboratory data showing that some of the people with long COVID actually have vitamin B12 deficiencies. 
and that mm. might be the cause. Uh, it might have been pre-existing that they were low. It might have been that the virus used up B12. There's actually a, a, some rationale for that, that certain nutrients will get used up by fighting a, an infection like that and increase your need for those, and that people who are borderline low or actually low, if they get an infection, will actually push them over the edge where they don't have enough B12 and it affects their mental capacity, they, their confusion, their, their physical symptoms, things like that. So, you know, it's not necessarily always going to be the case, but it's certainly something to think about if somebody has had an infection that affects their sense of smell and taste, which is going to probably affect their appetite, almost certainly, and they're not eating well and they need more nutrients than normal, that could combine into something where they have nutrient deficiencies, like a B12 deficiency. So it actually makes sense on that level. Hmm. Okay. Now, how do you describe the difference between um, eating a standard American diet and a vegetarian diet in the area of B12? Does one of them need more than the other? It's not that they need more. It's that the food supply... You know, B12 is mostly going to be found in meats and dairy products. So if you're not eating those kind of foods, you know, the plant-based diet is very popular. It's, it's, it's in general a pretty healthy diet. Mm -hmm. But people on those diets need to consider where are they getting certain nutrients. Uh, for example, uh, I'm a, I've been a vegetarian for about 50 years now. And uh, this is actually my 50th year right now. And that this is something I've been taking multivitamins for decades to get that B12 that I need. But vegan diet is not just a potential deficiency of vitamin B12. It's also where are you getting zinc and iron and, and protein that are typically found in meats and dairy products. Where are you getting your omega-3 fats that are predominantly found in fish? and grazing animals and certain plants. But the plant sources, you look at flax and walnuts and chia and those kind of things, you're only going to convert between 5 and 15% of the ALA, the omega-3 fats in there, into EPA. So I, I've broken that down for some people. Uh, let's say you want to get a gram of EPA from plant sources, which you normally could get in two strong fish oil capsules, or even one, one real big fish oil capsule, you'd have to take 20 flax oil capsules to convert to that much. It's that dilute. And flax is 50% ALA, and it's one of the strongest sources. So if you have to think, I have to take 20 of these capsules versus one or two of these others, some of the stronger fish oil capsules. 10 to 20 times as many capsules, that shows you how dilute the plant-based sources are. And the conversion is dependent on an enzyme that's magnesium-based. And many of us don't get enough magnesium. Are you eating whole grains? Are you eating seeds and things that, that contain magnesium? If not, and many of us do not get adequate magnesium, according to government surveys, then no magnesium, no conversion of plant-based 
omega-3 into EPA, DHA, the active forms in the body. Here's a, this question just came in. It says, I'm loving this conversation because I've been wondering about these things for a while. My old previous doctor used to give me B12 shots. I'm with a new doctor now who doesn't believe in B12 shots. Is there any way to get close to that same benefit and feeling that I got from a B12 injection? That's a good question. Yes. Actually, oral B12 has been shown in some studies to work as well as the intramuscular injection. You have to do doses of at least 1,000 a day, 1,000 micrograms, and you can buy supplements between, uh, typically between 1,000 and 10,000 are the range. Uh, no problem. Uh, Nurse Practitioner Journal, November 2009, has an article recommending uh, the oral uh, as a replacement for the injection. I think at that time there was a shortage of the injections. And they looked at uh, giving it orally, and that 1% passive absorption uh, means that you could start doing these doses in the thousands of micrograms, which is hundreds of times the daily value, uh, or, and you'd still get a decent amount similar to what you get from the oral injections. And in fact, in some studies, the oral works better than the intramuscular injection. So taking it orally works fine, and... You know, I would look at taking either cyanocobalamin or look look for some of the combination forms. We have a liquid with all three forms. We have a 2,000 microgram lozenge with all three forms. Our B12s are typically all vegetarian, vegan friendly. And, you know, studies are showing about half of vegans and about 7% of vegetarians are B12 deficient hmm. versus fewer than 1%, a fraction of 1% of meat eaters being B12 deficient in general. When you start looking at institutionalized people like nursing homes, you start seeing different numbers. But when you're you know, talking about the general population, you could, you could assume about half of vegans are going to be deficient in B12, and they, they might have not been vegan their whole life. They might have stores in their liver that are being used up over years, and you know, maybe today they're okay, but maybe in three years, five years, ten years, they won't be. Hmm. Okay, here's a question coming from a different angle. It says, my husband uses a sublingual B12. I use a tablet that I swallow. I take mine a couple times a day. He takes his a couple times a day. He thinks his is better. I like the way I feel with mine. Could you ask Neil which one he prefers, or is there a difference? Ooh. Well... The first thing is dietary supplements cannot make claims for sublingual absorption. That's true. Because that's a, a dietary supplement by law is defined as something that you swallow. So, you know, I mean, oral hygiene products, you know, if you, you put a mouthwash in your mouth, you can't make a claim for absorption or anything like that. Transdermal, you can't make claims. We have vitamin D creams, and vitamin D has been shown to be transdermally absorbed. But we cannot make any claims on that because that would be a drug claim. Uh, absorbing nutrients other than orally is a drug claim. There used to be one company that was selling a B12 that you would actually uh, break open a capsule and, and snort it in your nose. Oh, and that. the FDA shut them down. They said that's a drug delivery system. That is not an, a dietary supplement like you're claiming. 
So, you know, there are rules for these things. So we, are, we cannot make any claims for sublingual absorption. We can't use studies showing sublingual absorption to justify claims on our products that are swallowed. But that said, we know the oral absorption is, is you know, we're giving high doses and they're absorbed about 1% or a little more. So there, there is no question that they're getting absorbed if you swallow a pill or a capsule versus taking it sublingually, which people aren't really allowed to make claims unless it's sold as a drug. And uh, what that means is that we don't have real good data on if there's a difference between letting it dissolve in your mouth, that lozenge, or swallowing it. And, you know, we do recommend people keep it and dissolve it in their mouth before they swallow it. Uh, you might get a little bit of absorption there, but nobody knows how much that is. Now, I know you guys also make a liquid. We do. And how's your feelings on the liquid? Uh, the liquid, actually, uh, we have a liquid B complex that mm -hmm. does contain other B vitamins with mm -hmm. the B12. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have an ultra B12 liquid that has 5,000 microgram, a blend of all three forms, like we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. So the, the ultra, you know, is, is a... Uh, a popular item, uh, actually more popular than the liquid B12, the B12 liquid B-complex, uh, which, yeah, I mean, I, I think the idea that people are going to get these forms, all these three forms together. We also have a product that's popular that I, I did not think was going to sell well when we came out with it. I'm on the new product development committee and, and working on product development and one of the formulators. And we have a product called Instant Energy B12 Packets. It's the three B12s in a packet where you take them together, and it's got 2,000 micrograms of the three forms together. And it has some chromium, some creatine, and some B vitamins to back it up and, you know, make it a little more palatable. But you just open a packet and put this powder on your tongue. And that is actually a pretty good seller for us, and I am surprised to this day because I would have never envisioned that people would want to do that and take it in that form versus a lozenge or something, but they do. Hmm. Another question just came in. It says, I w I've been taking B12 for quite a long time. I do use a lot of the Now Foods products, and I do use that liquid B12 uh, that you mentioned. Here's my question. I don't take a multiple vitamin, and I don't take a B complex. Is that inhibiting me from getting the benefit of all of my B12? That's a good question. Uh, not really, because B12 has its own things that it does. There might be cofactors needed for certain reactions in the body, certain biochemical reactions. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't limit your absorption or the fact that you have B12 available to do these things in the body. And, you know, if you're not taking a multi, you, you, I mean, theoretically, you'll get B vitamins by eating a healthy diet, too. Mm -hmm. You know, B12 is the hard one to get in a healthy diet if, if you're vegan, not uh, the other B vitamins so much. Oh. I mean, if you're on a paleo diet or a gluten-free diet, B2 might be an issue uh, for some people. Uh, that's actually something that Men's Health Magazine pointed out, the potential deficiencies in a paleo diet and, and keto diet would might be similar be, uh, of uh, B2, calcium, 
uh, vitamin D might be lacking in a paleo diet if if you're not not eating fortified foods or fish or things like that. You know, cer- certain diets. Uh, you know, there are certain deficiencies you have to worry about. You know, uh, I mean, for vegans, iodine's another one. Iron. It's not just the, the obvious things you would think of, like B12 or protein or omega-3. There are other things that tend to be more common. Iodine tends to be in seafood. If you're not eating seafood, where are you getting your iodine? Or, or fortified foods, you know, using uh, iodized salt, for example. And they don't put a lot of iodine in salt, by the way. Uh, so, you know, you use iodized salt, you're not necessarily getting a lot. I think a lot of companies... Uh, are using half or a quarter of the amount recommended by the government to fortify salt. And we've seen goiters coming back not only in places like Chicago, the area I live, but in places like Boston where there's plenty of seafood and people aren't eating as much seafood maybe uh, with these plant-based diets and it t- they t- they're getting goiters from iodine deficiency. Hmm. I thought we were way past that, but it's amazing how things can go backwards in time. No, and there's poor people who get rickets because they don't get enough vitamin D, you know, school children and stuff. So it, it's not real common, but it's more common in poorer areas mm. with poor diets. Here's a question for you. It just came in. It says, um, what about high levels of using this? Is there a point when we either stop absorbing it or we've used too much? Uh they have not found an upper limit for it. In fact, the Institute of Medicine that sets the RDAs, RDIs, and upper limits has not found any data to support an upper limit on B12. There does not seem to be a toxicity for high levels or any concern. And it, it is something that the, the body can store and utilize for years sometimes if you have deficiencies. I mean, that's one reason why, you know, People who are, for example, I, I, I mean, a lot of people become vegan when they're in, like high school age. And if they find out they're low energy, they tend to go off the diet. They tend to crave other food. Uh, in some cases, some of my friends back in the day when a lot of us were vegetarians, when they became pregnant, uh, they would start having these food cravings and end their vegetarian or vegan diet uh, at that point because they, they couldn't sustain them. But they weren't necessarily taking prenatal vitamins or, you know, I mean, we're talking about the 1970s. Uh, you know, these things were not as well-known or, or as widely recommended as they are today. So, uh, you know, people, you know, maybe they weren't getting enough protein in their diet. I mean... Back in the day, uh, when I became a vegetarian in 1972, <laughs> you couldn't go out to Burger King or whatever and get a veggie burger. True. We had to order 25 pounds of soybeans from the co-op. We had to wait a few days or a week for it to come in, you know, and, and buy the whole bag, by the way. <laughs> and uh, bring it home and open it up, and there's Dirty soybeans in there with pebble. Oh, my goodness. It's animal feed, basically. And they don't clean it very well. There's, there's dirt on them, and there's 
pebbles that are the size of soybeans in there. So you have to pick through and pick the pebbles out and wash them thoroughly and soak them for 12 hours, change the water and simmer them for another 12 hours, and then they're soft enough to make something out of. So that was our process of making veggie burgers or something back in the day. You could go to these dietetic stores and buy these canned meat substitutes that were full of MSG, artificial color, artificial flavors, all this junk that were made for, like, medical diets, people who were told to get off meat for various reasons, you know, cholesterol or whatever, Uh, which were really not natural, kind of nasty-type products. Uh, So, you know, those were the options back then. Nowadays, you can go out and get some kind of a protein-based thing. There's falafels and stuff that nobody really heard of in the 1970s in the United States. You know, it's funny because, you know, that was a time when a lot a lot of people were not eating meat and things like that. So you would have thought that there would have been a lot more options, but it's funny how the options came later down the road. Yeah, because the people who weren't eating meat were typically poor hippies and people like that. So they, they weren't uh, high on the list of consumers that were being targeted by big corporations. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, another question it says, um, my whole family takes vitamins. We've been taking it for a long time, been listening to you forever. Please tell Neil we enjoy it when he's on. Here's my question. My teenagers, they take multiple vitamins, they take probiotics, they take enzymes, all the good stuff, and greens. Is it okay for them to take supplemental B12, or do they get enough from their diet and they're multiple? Ooh. Well, the B12 is going to be prim- primarily from animal products in the diet. So, I mean, if they're eating a healthy diet, they might get enough. I know a lot of people do. But if they are eating a mostly plant-based diet, you know, uh, you know, 7% of vegetarians in a recent survey were shown to uh, be deficient in B12. And that's an actual deficiency. Now, there's another concept of being above the minimal level where you have deficiency disease and having optimal levels. Do you have reserves in your body? Do you have enough to give you plenty of energy to do all the detox things? You know, the symptoms of B12 deficiency might not show that you have, on the other the other side of the coin, but there's, there's no way to show if you have adequate levels for what your body needs. And it might need more at certain times when you need more energy. So going to more optimal levels and being just above the minimum could be important, too. I do recommend a multivitamin for just about everybody just to cover all the bases. It's, it's like you have, you have insurance on your car, not that you expect to get in an accident, but in case something happens, your car is covered or your insurance, you know, health or whatever. You have insurance on your home. Multivitamins are like an insurance policy, a very inexpensive insurance policy for your health. And they cover so many of these bases. I take a multivitamin. I get a handful of pills morning and night, but I take one of them is a multivitamin because I want to cover all these bases. I don't want to have any gap that's going to affect me, especially as a vegetarian. And, you know, I'm, I'm not young either. Older people tend to have a harder time digesting, pulling the nutrients out of their food, 
lower stomach acid, more drug interactions, whatever reason. And the institutional diets or old people who start grazing instead of making meals and having some formal way of getting a balanced diet. You know, if you're eating according to, okay, I'm hungry, I'm not hungry, I have a craving, I don't have a craving, are you really eating a balanced diet? Are you getting the nutrients you need? And as people get older, you find that with widows and widowers, people who are empty nesters, people who are moved to institutions and they don't necessarily like all the foods there, they start skipping and picking and getting being picky eaters. Uh, picky eaters, special diet. There's so many reasons people might not get everything they need. So I do recommend a multivitamin as a base, but if you're, there's no reason not to take another B12 with it. Uh, I mean, the lozenges are, are small. They're they're good tasting. They're you know very easy to administer, and they'll make sure you get plenty, especially if you're on one of these riskier diets. With food or without food, is there a preference? It doesn't seem to matter so much because of the passive absorption. The active absorption, getting two or three micrograms is intrinsic factor. That's typically with meals, with stomach acid and stuff like that. But the passive absorption of 1% of these high doses you can get in the supplements is irregardless of that. It doesn't matter if you have... Uh, gastric bypass, it doesn't matter if you have uh, no, ga- no gallbladder. You know, none of these things matter for that 1% that's absorbed through the length of the intestine. Okay. Um, this just came in. It says, I became a diabetic about two years ago, and I've been told a couple times that I should take B12. Is that true? Well, I mean, B12 is not one of the major things you're going to think about for being a diabetic. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, again, if you're taking a multi, there's other B vitamins in the multi that are more directly linked to metabolism of sugars and even vitamin D. Vitamin D is necessary for the production of insulin in the body. So people don't know that. Vitamin D has a role in blood sugar control. So, you know, taking a multivitamin covers a lot of these bases. It has uh, chromium in there, which helps with blood sugar control. Some of the other B vitamins, like B6, are involved in metabolism issues. But not so much the B12. If there's a role in in that, it, it's pretty minor. But, you know, certainly a multivitamin is, is a wise recommendation. Here's another one. It says, is the absorbability and the need in the body based on men versus women? Uh, is a weight an issue? If you have more weight on your frame, do you take more? How do you decide where to go? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Uh, there, there's not really different levels. I mean, the, the daily value is, is basically a summary, but you don't find different levels like you do on some other nutrients. Uh, for example, on protein, it, it, the recommendation is based on weight, on body size. Mm-hmm. You know, 0.8 grams of protein for every kilogram of body weight, that kind of thing. But uh, not so much for B12. You know, we're, we're talking about micrograms. We're talking about millionths of a gram, very, very tiny amounts. 
So, you know, it doesn't take much. You know, a few, a few millionths of a gram is all you need. In fact, uh, we have an interesting setup at our uh, production facility. We have a room full of microscales that can measure millionths of a gram. And they're on these giant marble slab tables with rubber feet that absorb all the vibrations so there is no variability to the measurements. They're, they're, they're extremely precise because we have to measure these things out to get to make these batches of, of uh, either B12 supplements, multivitamins, whatever it is, uh, you know, very accurately measure, you know, doing these tiny, tiny amounts. But, uh, you know, just to directly answer it, there is no real variability, men, women, et cetera. We, we tend to see higher levels needed as people age just because they don't tend to digest as much. They have to rely more on the passive absorption than the active transport. Hmm. Here's another question. This one just came in. People are really on this topic today. This is great. It says, um, I'm getting B12 shots. Uh, once every two weeks, but I also take B12 every day. Does Neil feel that's a problem? No, it's just, uh, I mean, if you're doing a decent amount of oral B12, there may be no reason to do the injection or vice versa. I mean, the injection is, I mean, if it's covered by insurance, if it's free, maybe maybe it doesn't matter, but, you know, it's not that comfortable to give yourself an uh, intramuscular injection or to get one at the doctor's office. And there is, there's typically a cost associated with that as well as a doctor visit in many cases. Uh, when you could do it orally and basically get, according to certain studies, uh, a similar benefit. You know, I, I, I think uh, a lot of people don't like getting shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jabs, was, as they call them in England. <laughs> uh, and, you know, having an alternative that seems to work as well is a nice thing. You know, doing both uh, might be a good temporary strategy, but I don't see it as a long-term benefit. I think, uh, take, you know, it may be doing both and getting the levels up to normal and then uh, doing the oral to maintain it would probably be enough, in my opinion. Okay. You know, I, I think that people, there's a lot of, there's an amazing amount of benefits, you know, using B12. And I, I think it's nice that people do get some energy from it. And, and I think I've learned over the years that as humans, you know, we're so impatient and, you know, we have no, no patience at all. And, you know, if you can actually feel something and see a change, feel a difference, it's it's a great way to stay motivated for many people. Yeah. And, and the non-methylated, the adenosyl cobalamin form, it's related to dopamine release. How, how the, the feel-good hormone, cognitive function, motor control, arousal for men and women, the reward system in the body, as well as the mitochondria and energy. I mean, these things have multiple roles when you're looking at nutrients, and each form has a different role. The... Uh, Methylcobalamin is for the central nervous system, replication growth of cells, reducing homocysteine, increasing collagen pr- production and maintenance, and, and uh, cardiovascular and neurological benefits as well. So, you know, it's important benefits no matter which of the two forms you're looking at that are in the body, but you, you want the, benef- the full range of benefits and not the spectrum from one or the other. And so many of the 
supplement companies, ours included in some cases, are pre- predominantly putting methylcobalamin in formulas because there's a consumer demand. And, you know, I, I don't get the fear of cyanocobalamin. There is a toxicologically insignificant amount of either cyanide or cobalt in there. Cyanide is actually produced in every cell in the body as a waste product. So, you know, having cyanide in plants, we have actually selected plants throughout the history of agriculture for thousands of years that have higher cyanide levels, higher B12 levels and things like that. But cyanide is a normal process of metabolism. And there's, you'd have to do millions of pills. You'd have to do bottles and bottles of pills to get enough cyanide or cobalt because uh, B12 is actually the only vitamin that's based on an element, a mineral, cobalt. And again, it's an insignificant amount. But it's essential for life. So we have to get these things. You know, uh, there are people on the Internet warning against cyanocobalamin being toxic. That's ridiculous. There is no evidence for that. One quick question because we're up against time here. Um, Is there ever a time when you can't take B12 with any medications? I don't think the B12 tends to interfere with mm. medications. I think it's the opposite, where medications interfere with the absorption of B12 mm. is a more common scenario. All right. Thank you, Neil. This was great. I'm going to refer people to go listen to the podcast. And um, thank you so much. I, I do appreciate your time and look forward to seeing you in person, my friend. All right. Say hi to Marge. This was her idea, so tell her good thought to have this topic. I sure will. Have a great day. You too. Bye. My guest today, Neil Levin, representing Now Foods. Remember all the Now Foods products you can find everyday low prices at Stay Healthy Health Food Store in just about every single category, which is pretty cool. Check out all the products from Now Foods. If you have any questions, you can always ask the staff. That's the great thing about going to Stay Healthy is you get that on-hand uh, information highway, if you will. People that are knowledgeable, that love what they do, they're informed and educated And they're also going to help you kind of disseminate through some of the crazy stuff that's going on out there as well. There's some bad information out there. And sometimes it sounds really, really good because you know how we are. If it sounds like we want to hear it, you know, then suddenly uh, it becomes gospel. But that's not always true. Uh, It's better to get the true to form information and, you know, take it for what it is. So that's really important. Stay Healthy Health Food Store. They are Las Vegas' oldest independent health food retailer in their fourth decade in the Las Vegas Valley. They're really good at what they do. They make this crazy process of getting healthy, being healthy, and staying healthy so much easier by helping you by taking out the guesswork and carrying only the best of the best products to make sure that you have the availability of being successful on your journey. They want you to feel better. They want you to see a difference and feel a difference and do all these wonderful things that they need to think about doing. So keep in mind, there's some amazing things that you can do. There's some amazing products that are out there. They carry the best of the best in every category. Stay Healthy is a fully packed, full service store. So, you know, it's it's just a great place to start and maintain uh, after you've reached your goals. This is just a place that will help you stay on course. 
You'll find them at 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center on the northwest corner of Rancho and Charleston, right next to Smith's. You can't miss them. Visit them Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6. They're closed on Sunday. And remember, you can get all this good information. You can take all of this good information and run with it. But you can bring your questions to stay healthy so you help yourself the kind of focus in on what your real goals are and what you're really trying to do with your health and well-being. Don't forget, always fill out a slip, a drawing slip for their basket of the month. Uh, it always changes, so we never really know what's basket of the month is going to be, but they're always awesome. And you never know, you might just win the basket this month. Always when you're at the store, uh, if you have time and you're there, sometimes you don't have time, you can call them at 877-2494-877-2494. They can get your order products ready for you so you can swoop in and pick it up and be on your way. You can also schedule mail order services. They have those as well. Call them and talk to what's available. But if you do have the time to come in, Ask them about their in-store on-advertised specials. They have a lot of those going on in the store as well. You know, so if you have the time, you can ask questions and check out what's new and, you know, see what new formulations are available, all that good stuff. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we're busy, but they can help you in that area too. Monday through Saturday, 9 to 6, closed on Sunday. Phone number 877-2494. Their webpage, stayhealthylasvegas.com. Remember, you can print a coupon for your next visit. You can also uh, enter your email address to stay connected and get your monthly newsletter. And remember, all of the radio shows are podcasts there for on-demand um, on your schedule. So you'll have time to be able to listen to. Sometimes you hear half a show. Sometimes you hear one and you want to hear it again. Sometimes you hear a topic and you think, well, my friend and I were just talking about that. It'd be good for them to listen to this because all information is great information when you're trying to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. And that is the foundational mantra of Stay Healthy Health Food Store. That's what they want to do. And I'll tell you what, when you live in a, a place like this in Las Vegas and you have a place that is so full service with everything and they help you head in the right direction, that's the place you want to go. Stay Healthy Health Food Store, 840 South Rancho Drive in the Rancho Town & Country Center. Check out all the products from Now Foods, always available. Have a great day. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to the Staying Healthy Radio Show. Remember to tune in Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. for the most up-to-date, relevant information on your health with the best guest in the industry, helping all of us to get healthy, be healthy, and stay healthy. For your convenience, podcasts of the show are now available at my website, drjeffreyburke.com. Simply click on the archive icon to make available on-demand podcast downloads. Make sure to visit Stay Healthy Health Food Store for all your nutrition needs. Stay Healthy provides reliable, responsible, relevant service every single day. I look forward to talking with all of you soon.